Good morning, this is Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. This podcast is made for my Facebook virtual coaching group and it's April 5th, 2022 and this is Q&A number 86 and the topic today after I answer the Q&A will be part two of mental toughness. So let's go ahead and get right into it. We have a lot to cover today. Uh, welcome new members. Um, let's see here. JJ from Texas and Molera and her daughters Carson and Presley from uh, Kentucky. And welcome back uh, Avery and Sandra from Kansas. Uh, you had taken a little break over the winter and they're back at high school uh, rodeo now. So that's awesome. So welcome to everybody. And uh, last month's personal best drawing was done on Friday, April the 1st. And the winner went out to Chelsea and Honcho for a personal best fast time. But congratulations to everybody that was on the list. I'm proud of you for your wins. Um, this week's uh, challenges, uh, I've got them figured out. I'm going to post them in the group today. today. The um, skill... I, you know, I want to say this quickly. Um, you know, I've been doing this almost two years now. When I first started, there was five members in the group. And um, I was, you know, I, I had tried this many years ago, but it wasn't, there wasn't quite the technology that there is now. I didn't have quite the plan that I had now, but I had a group of ladies that I coached weekly through lessons and, and at barrel races and practice nights. And I just started it, but it didn't really didn't really stick. But now, so when I started again, now being more of a different time that we're in, and everybody does things more on Facebook and videos and all of that, it really, it grew. And I'm so happy it did because I absolutely love this group. And, um, and now we're almost two years in 111 members. And it's just been a really, um, a fun time. I've enjoyed it. And I never run out of things to talk about. That's what I, my point is um, I kind of base what my, my challenges and questions that come in on what I'm going to talk about for a topic. And so this week for your skill, I want everyone challenge. I want everyone to do a drill that's specific to them. So what I mean by that, uh, there's a lot of you in the group that would really benefit by picking a drill, maybe figure eights or all lefts, all rights, but focusing on slow work at a walk trot and maybe even a slow lope on looking between your horse's ears and being very centered with your shoulders and hips and um, riding with just really a lot of eyes and body and very, very light hands and some leg <clears throat> and practice even sitting on your outside hip, you know, in, in your outside stirrup as you do your circles and maybe play around with that in the figure eights and see what it feels like for your horse to respond to your inside hip and get that super solid in your muscle memory. And for those of you that are riding two or three horses, this is going to be extremely important to you because your timing and position is going to change on those horses. And then of course, your mindset your mindset challenge to go with this skill challenge is going to be visualization. I want you to wake up in the morning and say your prayers and then visualize 
your run on your horse. I want you to go to bed at night, say your prayers and visualize your run at your horse, on your horse. Whenever you get a chance, if it's uh, driving, I, I don't know if it's the best thing to do driving. I've done that before and I end up finding myself speeding because I'm my adrenaline's up. So that may not be the best idea, but maybe when you're on a lunch break um, or you just have a few minutes sitting somewhere waiting for an appointment or something, visualize your runs. But visualization really can help muscle memory. So those are the two challenges I'd like you to do this week. And um, and before we get into the uh, shout outs and Q&A, I want to say, number one, I'm extremely proud of the writers in this group's dedication. There are some of you with really high goals um, to win 1D super shows, go to pro rodeos, and your dedication is awesome. You're riding when it's windy, when it's cold, when it's rainy. You're keeping those horses conditioned and fit. You're, you're training, you're practicing, you're exercising yourself, you're doing everything right. And your dedication is awesome and it's paying off for you. You know, your competitive level is high. So I also want you to give yourself some grace when things don't go well. I want you to find the win in that day. And then I want you to be forgiving because it's barrel racing. It's the way it is. So, and I know that's hard for competitive people, but like life, it's going to be filled with ups and downs. And if you are a perfectionist, you have to let that go a little bit because, or if you don't like change, you have to let that go a little bit because that's how it is. Sometimes things happen, you know, things happen, you know, it's just part of life, whether you don't feel well, um, people change your schedule, you know how it is. Life and barrel racing are very, very similar that way. Um, but every, I know everyone has different goals. And for some of you, you're just in the group to imp improve your horsemanship. And that's okay, too. Some of you are just starting out colts, but you're being dedicated and you're hauling them a couple times a month and riding them three days a week and or more. And all of that's super important. So, but I, I do remember um, when I did that hard for 25 years, um, you know, I had three of my own competition horses, sometimes four. I would alternate my mares out, giving them breaks because um, usually somebody's sore and needs time off, right? That's just barrel racing too. So it is kind of nice to have a backup horse so you can go when the other one needs rest. Um, but in my case, I had three or four mares going all the time. Plus I'd have four to six training horses in so I was riding six to eight horses, five days a week, going barrel racing, usually one day a week, and then a family day on one day a week. So, uh, and that was with lessons and clinics and everything else. So I ate it, I drank it, I breathed it. I mean, I tried to keep balance, but obviously I didn't as much as I had wished with my husband. So I guess that's what I'm trying to tell everybody that, um, you know, it is, it is important when, as women were chained chasing our dreams and we still have to balance everything and it's so hard um, sometimes as mothers and wives and everything else so you just have to be true to your heart and and really find you know because kids are only kids for so long you know and if they go with you and you make it a family affair that's awesome but if not you really have to balance that time to go do the things that they love now I took my son to everything because having my own business I was able to so anyways, I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm not going to do that today because we have a lot of other stuff to cover. But I guess what I'm saying is um, be kind to yourself, and I know how dedicated you guys are. And then for those of you in the, the group that are riding two or three horses, that's even harder too. So you really have to be kind to yourself. Um, 
I once met Christy Peterson at a um, WPRA event, and she said um, she doesn't ride any other horses above a lope in um, in uh, when she was going for the NFR with Bozo because it would mess with her timing, and um, you know she didn't want to lose a check because her timing was off from riding other horses. Now we've all seen Sherry Servi and others go to the NFR and ride two two different, maybe three different horses at the NFR. So of course it can be done and everybody's different. Um, so what I'm saying is you just have to work twice as hard if you're, you know, in your mind and in your skill to be correct with your time and position, you have to be very dedicated, but I know you can do it. So, but just be kind to yourself when it doesn't go perfectly because you'd have to, I know what it's like. I'd hop off one horse and I'd be like, okay, this mare needs this. So I'd settle my adrenaline and get refocused on the horse. I just got off to get focused on the horse I was getting on. And, and you learn once out of habit, everything's muscle memory, right? Repetition, consistency, do it long enough. You get good at it. That's why, you know, with me, I was very fortunate. I kept all my mares until they retired and 10 to 15 years of riding them, you get to know these horses pretty well. So, so over time, you know, but if you're on a new horse or just a, your first year or second year as a team, you know, give yourself some grace. You've got to learn them in every different ground condition, arena, setup, all of that. You know, whether you're rodeo, super show, jackpot, it always changes buildings, outdoors. And that's why I want you to journal about it because that's going to help something about writing things down helps you remember like me for my clinics remembering the horse and riders names writing it down gets it in my mind or for this group writing down the horse and the rider and a little bit of detail about them writing it down ingrains it more in my mind that's why I want you to write things down for you and your horses so anyhow, um, this week, this weekend, I should say, I've already done about 24 videos in the last 48 hours, and we had at least four personal bets already for April. So that's awesome. Congratulations to those of you that had those. <clears throat> and then as far as questions go, I'm going to jump right into them. Um, I still have, just if you're waiting on a video, I have about five to do. If you sent me a video and you don't hear back from me within 24 to 48 hours, there's a chance I didn't write it down and forgot or I missed it. So remind me. Um, I do get uh, uh, distracted sometimes if I'm doing lessons and I'll respond, I'll, I'll get back to you. I do that. Um, I'll review soon. I'll respond so that it stays on the top of my messages and I can scroll back. And every once in a while, I miss one uh, if I didn't get a chance to write it down because I was outside. So um, let's see here. What are we talking about for questions? Um, trailer loading was one question. Um, I do have some videos at the bottom of the members only page on trailer loading. The most important thing for me is establishing that trust and respect and communication of cue. So I like to do lunging with them. I like to lunge them over tarps, over, uh, you know, steps, maybe back them through the barn or stall gates. Um, I like them to go left, forward, left, <laughs> left, right, forward, and backward all on a light cue. Easy for me to say. And then I like to teach a go forward cue. There's a video on that as well where I use a lunge whip and they are desensitized to lunge whips in advance. Make sure that they think that's just an extension of your arm. Nothing to be afraid of. Rub them with it. Make it feel good. Um, you know, in their withers and their hindquarters and, and belly, all that stuff. They'll get used to it. 
tap it on their legs, all that, but then give them a go forward cue where you lead them around the yard and you ask them to go forward off the, the tap of the whip one step. And then when you go to load, they'll always know that tapping on the hip with the whip means to take a step forward. And when you're loading a horse, you shouldn't do it the day that you have to go to the barrel race. Um, do it a little bit each day. Make sure your trailer is safe and it won't rock when they get in. So have it hooked up if it's not heavy enough to stay steady by itself. And um, and work on uh, releasing on a try and adding pressure until they take one step towards it. Even if they are sniffing the trailer, that's a try. And then once they get in the trailer, you can have a flake of alfalfa and a bucket of feed in there for them. You know, not a whole bucket, but a little bit of feed and a little bit of hay in there for them to enjoy it just to sit in there don't bribe them to get in you know they should get in on a cue but once they get in there make it a happy place so I've had clients that had horses with that issue they would just feed them in there after work they'd load them in the trailer and give them their food in the trailer and then um clean stalls while they sat in the trailer and that's a good way to do it too that way the horse gets used to it it's not just a once a week thing it's an everyday thing um so try that it's hard sometimes, like some horses will load from home, but then they won't load after they go to somewhere. Maybe it's because the road's scary. I know Rocky deals with that sometimes. He doesn't like the motorcycles and tarps and everything else, all the scary noises, fire trucks that you hear on the road. And so sometimes he'll give me a couple minutes of worry before he'll get back in the trailer on the ride home. But again, they will get used to it the more you start going. Um, just don't make it a bad experience. Try to keep it a positive one and uh, reward the try. So the next question was about hot horses and what, you know, what could cause it. So I had a couple, I can't tell you how many times this has happened in my last 30 years, but I had a couple horses recently come for lessons and the horses were like, their skin was crawling. They were so hyper. They couldn't even, we had to lunge them. One horse, we couldn't even ride it that day because it was so hot. She could only do groundwork. And, um, I asked them what their diet was and the diet was in, insane. So, um, just by changing the diet, taking away some of the high protein feed, backing off on some of the alfalfa and doing a little more grass hay, these horses with less protein, less energy, less groceries that are high, high, high quality, you know, a lot of energy in two weeks came back for a lesson, night and day, different horses. So, so log any change you make. If you add a new feed or increase something, change the hay, um, add a supplement if they start acting really hyper um, and that was the one thing you changed then you know to take it away and within two weeks you should see a difference so nutrition can really make a difference with horses so keep track of that um, <clears throat> also log if you've been riding them regular you know don't expect a horse that's been sitting for a week to behave um, I have people come for lessons and I can tell if they didn't ride their horses that week because they're horrible in the lesson. If they just worked them three days that week, the horse is great. So keep that in mind as well. Let's see here. Um, uh, the next question. Okay. Step horsemanship. Okay. Um, okay. So this question was about horsemanship. Um, it's really... Fill and timing is one of the hardest things to teach. And fill and timing is something that you have on the ground, um, you have in the saddle. And that's why I did those Liberty vid videos of Rocky. I've been exploring that while my hip is messed up until I get my surgery. 
I'm unable to do a lot of things that I love to do. Like I used to like to go work cows and long trail rides and I can't do that right now. So I've always wanted to explore Liberty work more and I never could because I was so busy training client horses. There was a lot of things I wanted to do but never got to do. So <clears throat> with Rocky, I've been taking him in the arena and just kind of letting him cruise around, let him eat grass. And I just kind of walk around with him, no halter on him and just kind of let him do his thing. And then there's a time about, I don't know, you have to be patient with this. There's a time about 10 minutes later, they get tired of eating grass and tired of sniffing around. Then they want to be curious and interact with you. And that's the time that I start adding my liberty work because I've already lunged him his whole life. He knows my cues for lunging, my body language, what my um, lunge whip means, all of that. So I'll start asking him to go around me. I'll cluck at him and stuff. And occasionally he'll leave and use the whole arena, but he always comes back because he's curious. He wants to be involved. So if I overpressure him, he's going to leave. Um, but if I do just the right amount of pressure, he works with me and he will walk, trot and canter around me. If I stop and turn away, he'll come into me. Um, I can yield his hind end, yield his front end. I'm having a really good time playing with no halter on. So the reason why is because I've always made Rocky stay with me with a halter and lunge line. And I never knew if he wanted to be there because I just made him be there. And Rocky crowds me because of two months of sitting in my lap and being doctored and bottle fed and everything else over his start off in life. You know, he just was always in my lap and I was always helping him nurse and all of those things. So sometimes we have boundaries. Like if I go stand in his pasture, he wants to, you know, be all over me. So I have to keep boundaries with him all the time because he's huge now compared to when he was a baby, not huge compared to normal horses, but a lot bigger than he was. So anyways, um, so what you want to do is kind of making your idea their idea. And that's what Liberty training can do for you. Um, <clears throat> but you have to make sure, again, you have that hookup and that join up. Um, so you have to know when to back off and when to increase and, and, and draw them to you so that when you do walk away, they follow you. And that's when you know you've got that join up and that, that interest there. So that's why um, I think if you want to work on fill and timing on the ground, and then that's going to apply to the saddle as well, as well as doing the challenges that I mentioned, <clears throat> visualizing and um, riding on your outside stirrup, looking between the ears and riding with your eyes and your body and your energy more. So, uh, so I hope that answers that question. Um, this is a weird question. Someone asked me if I sell horses and why I didn't. And I said, no, um, I don't feel like some, sometimes I just feel like someone's not happy. Either the seller's going to be happy or the buyer's not going to be happy. And I just don't like to get in the middle of it. Um, over the years, um, there's been a, a few long, long time clients that I helped out that way, maybe put a couple people together or actually help them sell their horse. Um, the ones that come to mind are Luke and Buster, um, you know, things like that. Those are my, you know, main couple that I think of, but it's not something that I really enjoy doing. Um, probably five, six times in the last 20 years I've done it. It's just, um, I don't know. It's just not something I really enjoy doing. Um, I think because one experience went bad. I had a client want to give her horse away because it was too small for her and, and, um, it was too green and, you know, and had other stuff going on that she wasn't that excited about. And she found herself another horse she really liked, blah, blah, blah. So 
she gave her to my college student who was going off to Texas and they had a deal that the horse was a dollar, but if she wanted to sell it, she had to go back to the lady. So they signed a bill of sale and off the girl went with her horse to Texas. Well, a year goes by and I guess she doesn't check on her. And then when she does, everything's fine. Two years goes by and she doesn't check on her and the girl has sold the horse without telling her. And so she's freaked out. She's calling me. I'm like, I don't know anything about it. I haven't talked to her in over a year. You know, sometimes that happens. Clients that I was really close to, they grow up, their lives change, you know, whether it's high school or college or even adult women, everybody's, you know, I'll work with them for a few years and then they go on their own way and I may not talk to them for a long time. So anyway, she was angry with me and slammed me on Facebook and wouldn't speak to me and mad at me at Broadway's and I couldn't get a hold of the lady because I didn't know where she was and I reached out to her mom and her mom you know I did it was just a big mess so but it wasn't my fault no matter what you know I was just in the middle of it and that's why I don't like it I feel like um it just is not something I want to be a part of so anyhow um the next question is rate with speed um the key to getting rate with speed is how well they transition off of your seat. We do not want to have to use our hands to rate our horses. If you find you're having to bump your horses more and more in competition, um, then you have a rate issue. You need to go back to basics during the week and work on your brakes, work on loose rein woe, work on transitions off your seat. You know, yes, in practice, you may have to stop them, back them up, correct them, um, but that's how you get it where you don't have to do it in competition. So definitely work on your transitions, work on your woe, your backing, rollbacks, anything that gets their brakes working again. Um, let's see here. The best way to exhibition, um, a question came in about exhibitions. First of all, if you're on an open horse or a roadie horse, you don't need to exhibition. Um, you, you can't even, you're not, you're not even allowed to exhibition at pro rodeos or even open rodeos. So you don't want to be dependent on exhibitions. Now, if I go to a jackpot and my horse has been on the muscle, I might buy a ticket if I'm there early on some novice horses and walk my open horse through just to teach them to relax. Or maybe it's a pin that um, I want to get them in, but some of my horses, Horses like Briscoe did better to never see the arena before competition. She was better just to go in there and make her run. So you have to know your horse. But I did put six options on how to exhibition in there and how many tickets to buy, all of that. So I'll go ahead and read that post. I'm not going to spend time on it now. But there was one for the novice horse. There was one for rate. There was one for flex and fluidity. There was another one for working on in and outs for the horse that shoulders or anticipates. Um, there was another for straighter longer, for, again, for the rider or the horse that anticipates. And then there was another one really fence to fence for the horse that really wants to think about turning the barrel and not listen to you. And that one you can go to the fence and counter arc or roll back away or even, you know, counter arc and circle away and go to the next barrel and never even turn the barrel. So again, um, you, it just depends on if you're on a futurity horse or what the individual's needs are and base it upon that. So, but you can look at the diagrams they are in the group. Um, let's see. The next question is a, having a, a strong, uh, mental game. Um, you really, you really need to, you know, how you develop that. And that's how what we're going to talk about in the topic. Um, you really not need to know what your feelings are and how to communicate them and how to learn from them. Um, 
studies show that humans are extremely emotional creatures, that we actually live by emotion more than by thinking. Our emotions make us decide to go to a bar race, buy a horse, buy a saddle, buy a tack, call a friend, you know, how we react with our husband or kids or whatever. Um, so we're just an emotional being. Um, so we have to be aware of that, what's driving us. And um, sometimes it's important to take a break and get, get, quiet and, and know what you're thinking. Um, you know, there's so many emotions, happy, scared, mad, you know, there's so many emotions out there, sad. Um, and, and you see a lot of meanness out there, you know, especially on Facebook. Um, you know, sometimes sadness, it comes out in pain in people or jealousy, um, meanness. I mean, I don't know how you'll see a happy post on Facebook and it might get five likes. You'll see a post negative and it'll have 200 comments and 300 likes or com, you know, whatever on it. You know, it's just sad how people jump on the negative stuff. So I choose to keep myself away from all that stuff on purpose. I don't like it. I don't like drama. And I, I think that's really important, um, part of your mental game. Don't allow it in because it messes with you. It's not, it's not going to help you. So steer clear of it. So I'm going to go ahead and go back to where we left off on the, um, the part two of the mental game. And, um, right at the last one, we talked about being in slumps and, um, and to focus, um, you know, just when you're in a slump, just to let go of that and just focus on your training and trust your training. And this week's um, challenges are perfect for slumps. So if there's something that you've been struggling with, like sitting through your turns or, um, you know, using your hands too much and not using your outside hip or looking between their ears, this week's skills, uh, skill challenge is going to be perfect for you. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is change. Change is absolutely hard for you, for hard for me, hard for everybody. So um, pray for guidance and then trust that guidance, you know, and just trust your gut feeling, trust what you feel like God wants you to do. That's really important. Um, 17 is uh, self-development. <coughs> I think self-development excuse me, let me get a drink of water. <clears throat> it's early morning. I just had a cup of coffee. <coughs> so the next thing I think I would like to discuss shortly is self-development. So many of you in this group found me through my podcast um, or, or chose to come to me through my clinics or my lessons or even my training tips I do on Facebook. Um, the uh, self-development is important. When I first started out, I couldn't go to enough clinics or private lessons or read enough books or videos. And that's important when you're starting out. Should you do what everybody says? No, your horse will be super, super confused. So you can pick and choose what you feel resonates with you and what fits your program that gives you your own style and unique way of working with your horse. That's totally okay, but it's great to learn. You'll always be learning. I'm still learning. Every horse and rider I meet, I learn. And that's what experience is. We are, we will be learning life until the day we die. We'll be learning afterlife. What happens after life? We'll be learning um, horsemanship our entire life. That's just how it is. So 
So absolutely self-development is key. And I get motivated by the group. That's how I decide what to talk about each week based on the energy of the group. I honestly, after almost two years now, I was worried, what am I going to keep talking about? But somehow every week I come up with something that's important because of what's the energy of the group, what's going on with the group. So um, the next thing is balance. I talked about this. You can suffer from burnout like I did what I did for 25 years. I don't miss competition right now. Um, I don't even miss training horses right now. And I used to love training horses, but I filled it with coaching, filled it with clinics and lessons and this virtual coaching group. And it satisfies me. Um, I've seen the reward. I, you know, I have my farm paid for. I've got everything I have now is paid for. I enjoy the peace and quiet of my farm. I enjoy playing with my horses for once um, and not have to do other horses. Um, I've never had that experience until I moved here. I've always had training horses. Um, you know, so I think balance is important. I think you have to have downtime. I think you can have burnout. And so you need time to recover. So for some of you, it might be family time or going to the beach. Some of you, you'll binge on Netflix, but sometimes you do need downtime and let yourself have it. There's nothing wrong with that. You cannot push yourself constantly um, and not burn out. And if sometimes you just need a break, take a break. You don't have to quit. If you need a week off, a month off from it, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to quit. Sometimes we're forced to take breaks. And then when we come back, we come back with a vengeance. I remember when I was pregnant and I had Dalton, I couldn't compete for that time frame, And that was the longest I went. And um, when I was okayed by the doctor, you know, it took a little longer for me because I had stitches and such to get back in the saddle. But when I did, boy, I wanted it so bad. And I remember going with my girlfriends to a lesson with Kelly Conrado and um, they're like, whoo, she's really getting it. And, and he's like, oh, she's got it bad now. She missed it. And it was true. I wanted it probably twice as bad when I came back from it because I couldn't do it. I love being a mom, don't mind you, and my baby was there with me and my friends helped and all of that. But um, it was just one of those things that, you know, when you can't do something, you get back at it, you really miss it. So so breaks are not always bad. You may come back with a new passion and, and thrive for it. So um, the next thing is about quitting or placing blame or whining about things. Um or when things are not working, but that's going to suck out all your positive energy and your mental game. So don't do that to yourself. It's going to tear your confidence up. Instead, find solutions. Maybe you need to seek vet care. Maybe you need to do a little extra to get your horse feeling better. Um, maybe you need to spend more time practicing or slowing things down and being correct and smooth. All of those things are important. Um, <clears throat> You just can't have an all or nothing mindset, you know, and, and, um, I would rather see number 20, um, it would, shouldn't be all or nothing. I'd rather see you spend 30 minutes a day and, and instead of doing eight hours in one day, I think it's better for your horse, um, because a horse, I, I've seen trainers that would take a horse for a thousand bucks for a week and do eight hours a day. And that horse is mentally fatigued and they're not any more broke than the a horse that would have done 30 minutes or an hour for 30 days. Matter of fact, it's probably worse because um, they're just fatigued, you know, of those long days. So I don't think that that's the best way to do it for a horse. Consistency, repetition, a little bit every day is better than everything once a month, you know. I, I just feel like that's better. 21, um, 
you have to learn how to handle pressure. The biggest chokes I've ever had personally and the biggest chokes I've ever seen with clients is when they're competing for a saddle or a buckle or points for a championship. They pressure themselves and they ride different, either mentally or physically. Um, and then they do bad. So you have to ride the same. You have to, the ride that got you to winning that buckle or saddle, you have to be that person. You still have to be relaxed and ride that run in the moment. You can't ride different. You can't be putting more pressure on yourself. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see. This next one's a little bit tricky. Number 22, judging others, asking for help. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> this one, you know, this one is, um, this one is hard. I mean, in my career over the years, I think that's where age and experience helps you. But there has been times where I've had my feelings hurt. I've hurt people's feelings. And before it could be career. I mean, it could be a relationship ending, friendship ending, uh, client ending. Um, now I learned to take a breath, say sorry, because sometimes you don't even know you did it and then hope that, that we move forward through it. And, um, and and then just go on. But this the thing is, you're never going to be getting along perfect with people because they everyone has different personalities. So um, so I don't think anyone should judge anyone because everyone's got their own path to take. I do think we're always learning. I think you should always be okay with asking for help. Um, you know, and and um, and I think we have to learn to bite our tongue and just move on from it because, you know, the best healer of everything is time. So sometimes we just better to say not my business and move on. So I found that works a lot, too. So um, the next one, 23, is about life hurts and painful losses. Um, it, it Honestly, um, we can be inspired by life lessons if we let them. Um you know, it's just like having a failure or a mistake. Those are growing moments. Those are moments to learn. Um, you all know how much we can change. Um, this is 24 from just being a kid to an adult. Shoot, we change a whole lot from 10 years old to 20 years old. And then I find myself how much I've changed when I was 30 to 40 and now 55 this year. And um, there's a lot to be said about age and experience and how it, it really um, improves you over time, or it should. So uh, 25 is about perfection. I've talked about this. Um, people that are striving for perfection, you're so hard on yourself. You're going to tear down your confidence and you won't be in, able to enjoy it, you know, and you should be able to enjoy it. If you're a 1D or a bus kind of rider and you win a 3D check or hit a barrel, I know you get devastated, but let it go because that barrel racing is what you do. It's not who you are. And that's, you have to remember, people don't remember what you're doing. They're busy doing what they're doing. And, you know, I can tell you that with doing you know, 30, 40 videos a week. Um, I have to go back and read notes and remember, okay, what did they run last time? What were we working on last time? Because it's not always for every single person fresh in my head. I have to review. And, um, you know, so it is important. Um, some of you I remember quite a lot because I talk to you more often. And then there's some that I might not talk to for a month and I'll might forget. So a good, you know, so just don't, don't hang on to that perfection thing so much. Um, Let's see here. The next thing is about um, positive talk, number 26. Um, that's so important. Um, say, I can do it. I will do it. Don't go and right before you run and say, oh, I hope I don't hit a barrel. 
Uh, instead, say, I'm going to ride two hands to my spot. Um, your mind is going to work to find results for you. So what you say matters, okay? If you say, don't hit a barrel, the first thing your brain sees is you hitting a barrel. But if you say, I'm going to ride two hands to my spot one, that's what your brain sees and that's what your brain's going to try to do. So remember that it's important. Number 27, let the past be the past. Um, live in the present, plan for the future. That's really important as well. Um, I feel like my life has been a huge book and every chapter is different. Some chapters are awesome. Some are sad. Some are challenging. Um, some are really good and some are just okay. Um, they're all filled with different things and that's life. So when we, we move on from one chapter of our life, like I've moved on from a lot of chapters in my life. Some I didn't want to move away from like my, my son, um, you know, so, but you know, they, they grow up, they, they go on and you have to let them, you raise them to be independent, flourishing people. So those are all parts of chapters that we just can't hold on to. You've got to live in the present. Um, number 28, be true to your heart. Um, that's so important. Just be and do you. Number 29, be flexible and go with the flow. That's that's also important at, with adversity because if you're not, you're going to find yourself super frustrated. Um, number 30, don't worry about what ifs, um, or what others think it's not going to help you, uh, stay focused on what you can do and, 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 and your plan, you know, have a plan, be prepared. 31, be consistent. Um, you know, have a schedule. We all get the same amount of time on the clock. We all get 24 hours a day and we have to use our time well. And, um, if, if you can set aside 30 minutes for, for you, for exercising or mental game, um, 30 minutes a day for your horse, all of those things are habits that will become good for you and help you become your best self. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create daily healthy habits, even if it's, um, eating a salad once a day, that's a daily healthy habit. So we have a salad for lunch and, you know, and that's a, an improvement. So anything you can do that makes your habits a little bit healthier for you, that's great. Um, number, let's see, 41. I'm going to go a little bit quicker through these. It's going, taking a while. Um, there are going to be setbacks, maybe a hurt horse or finances, a job, whatever. Um, but when they tough, when, when it gets tough, the saying is, um, when the tough gets, when it tough gets, what is the saying? That when the, when it gets tough, the tough get going basically is what I'm saying. Um, so have faith in God and have faith in yourself. Um, let the past go, live for today, plan for the future. I already talked about that. Um, I'm going to go through these a little bit quicker and just notes that I had made about mental game. Um, the daily habits matter. I talked about that. Um, Take inventory and add something that you need to to make yourself a little bit better. Um, you know, when you're on a winning streak, you can have confidence. And those slumps, if you're in a slump, you still have to be positive and give yourself some grace and dignity. Keep trying. Um, a winner is just not quitting. And sometimes um, that's what you have to do. You just got to keep trying. Never give up. So have faith in your training. Take action. Learn from your results. Um, keep adjusting until your goal is met. Um, be what you want um, the world to see. 
be what you want the world to see, kind of, you know, what you feel like, what you like out there. Be, maybe it's being kind and helpful, happy, positive. Be what you like out in the world. Be that yourself, giving, hardworking, successful. Plant seeds. I have planted seeds with people, you know, two years ago that I finally see they've grown in them. And two years later, I see the changes in them in their, um, you know, competition and, and life in general. So never, ever quit trying to plant seeds and be a positive person out there. Um, you know, working, working out, you need to have a strong body, but you also have to have a strong mind. And that's why I do do what I do in the group as far as having the mindset, um, for you, um, you know, not just the skill challenges. So, uh, don't forget that it's really important that you know how to turn a negative into a positive. Um, you have to learn how to do that. And if you feel yourself feeling any of those, uh, negative behaviors during change or adversity, you have to learn to embrace that suck and learn from it. Sometimes we feel stress or fear, anger, jealousy, disappointment, um, sadness. We have to acknowledge why, and then we have to improve our mindset to put that into a positive thing. So, um, you know, it's, it is just so important. Um, you know, you have to really evaluate it. You know, it's kind of mental mental health has really come to the forefront after this pandemic and people talk about that now. And it is important to figure out why you're feeling the way you feel. And sometimes we're just more emotional because of what we've been through in the last two years. So you have to stop for a minute and take a moment and, and decide, you know, wh where is this coming from? You know, how do I take that negative way and make it a positive? Um, okay. So, um, do you focus on what you have or do not have? Um, you know, I think it's important to be counting your blessings. You know, I could have a pity party because I need hip surgery and everything's not falling into place just yet, but I don't. I know what's going to happen when it's supposed to happen and I'm working towards it. Um, same thing, you know, if you have a paid for rig versus your buddies having a brand new rig or they have a high dollar horse, but you made your own horse or you have see people that have a village of help, but you're doing everything on your own, you know, um, you know, some people that go rodeo and all over the place and you're on a fixed budget and, and but you're not in debt, you know, and that's important too. a, a lot of people, life coaches um, and barrel racing coaches, they kind of are similar. You know, it's not, you know, you have to decide what's best for you and your family. I personally live on a budget and I have no debt. I love that feeling for me. You know, other people want to be you know, have the best of the best and max out their credit cards and second mortgages on their ha horses and houses. And they're just going for it now and living for today. But that's, you know, that's how somebody else might choose to live. I prefer to live this way because I want to be ready if things go sideways. I need to live on my budget and I can still enjoy life. And if you're only going to a jackpot 30 minutes away versus three hours and you're still enjoying it, that's okay too. You know, it's just whatever works for you. Um, so those are things that I just want to touch on. And I think I'm about done with that. Um, let's see. I had a couple more. And then I'm going to close with that and move on to the close for the group. But um, my goal as a coach is to help you. I have been very, very blessed to have lived this dream for 30 years. There has been ups and downs. I've had a ton of experience from it and I'm always learning. Um, 
as your coach, I want you to stay positive. I want you to always think about what's the next step. I want you to enjoy learning because that's what's going to lead to winning consistently. And I want you to learn to be a problem solver. And I want you to live your dream and know that it's possible. Believe in yourself. I think that's extremely important. Um, I think being confident is a really important. Um, I think I'm not saying arrogant though. I think you need to be humble. Um, one time I was at a jackpot and this lady was an NFR lady. She had a $200,000 horse that got her to the NFR that day we were at a jackpot. She was on a horse and she was like, I'm going to win this. And she was very confident and saying it out loud. I'm going to go win it. I've got it. She ended up hitting two barrels and I was really nervous. Um, before my run, I was like, Oh, you know, these people are here and Whew, it's going to be tough competition. Just do my thing. And my mayor, Bell and I went in there and won a 1D check. And um, so sometimes I think you have to, um, I just focus on doing my job, you know, and giving my horse room so that she didn't hit a barrel. A lot of people were hitting barrels that night. I wrote assertive to my spots and that's all I thought about. Um, you know, everybody has their way. Some people are more cocky that way and in it to win it attitude, say it out loud. Um, you know, and, and, and that's okay too, but it's just whatever works for you. But that's not how, what works for me. For me to stay relaxed and focused is by thinking about doing my job, like giving this mare that really wants to turn a barrel bad some room and getting her to her spot one and her spot two. If I did that, everything else was going to work out. So, um, being assertive about that was the key. So, um, I guess that's what I want to just say, um, you know, just really try to focus on your thoughts that they're positive and not negative. And um, that's going to be the thing that makes your uh, life get better. So um, let's see here. Last page and then we'll be done. Uh, I've been talking for 44 minutes. Okay. So number one, take action. Learn always. Um, and I, I, I love the clinics, the lessons, the coaching. Just entering barrel races is how you're going to learn. Um, mistakes is how we grow. Um, they're not fatal. Just remember that. You are your emotions. So win, lose before you run. Wake up um, and just be thankful. You know, be thankful for what you have in your life. Um, improve your focus, especially under stress. That is a skill. So work at it. Visualize positive runs. And know that this too shall pass, whether it's a good season or a bad season, it's just a season. It will pass. Um, know what is in your control and only focus on that. Not, you know, it's not your business to focus on anything else that isn't. Um, practice and prepare. Have a plan. Be okay with being outside your comfort zone. Set, set a, um, a goal. Set a daily goal, a weekly goal, a monthly goal, a yearly goal. Even a five-year goal is great. Embrace adversity because it's part of life. So I'm going to close now with just a few final words from me. Be patient and kind to people and horses as everyone learns differently and handles things differently. Make time to pray, to reflect, and to refuel your soul. Replace fear with faith in you and God. Replace frustration with focus and patience. Replace failure with persistence, heart, and try. Replace uncertainty with courage and bravery. And replace self-doubt with grace and believing in yourself. 
So thank you guys for tuning in this week. Have a wonderful week. Practice, practice your mindset skill, practice your physical skill, and always ride with heart. God bless you all, and um, thank you.